Autobots transform. Well, hey, and welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm John. And today it is episode three of season three of Transformers Prime Beast Hunters. It is Prey. This episode was directed by Todd Waterman. It was written by Marsha Griffin. And the last time on Transformers Prime, Wheeljack escaped from Starscream's torture chamber and the Autobots began to regroup while Shockwave was welcomed back into the Decepticons in time to reveal his latest creation. Yeah. Also, Ultra Magnus. And in this episode, Shockwave introduces his new creation. Yeah, it's pretty much a dragon. Starscream is just shitting himself. He's like, that, that's a Predacon. Yeah, apparently they have been extinct since, like, kind of before time began thing. And Shockwave explains that... Uh, hey, okay, it's a brand go. new Transformer. It's a Predacon. His name is Predaking. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's a new it Predacon. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, he's really big and he likes to blow stuff up and hey... What are you drinking there? This is my coffee. Oh, do you always drink coffee? Yeah, I always have a coffee when we record. How about I blow that coffee all the way up? No, 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 please don't blow my coffee. No, 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 no. Jesus. And that's another fun time with Alex Kurtzman. Bye. How did he blow up the coffee without... Blowing up the cup. Anyway, uh, yeah, I just hope that Michael Crichton got a check from this because they pretty much ripped off Jurassic Park for the way he made this friggin' Predacon. Actually, I found its face looked like a the Predator. When it roared, it had that, like, mandible thing going on the Predator did. Oh, yeah, that too, yeah. No, just thinking where they, it was fossil. He made it out of fossilized remains. And- yeah, anyway, um, Shockwave says, I grew it in a lab. I've been growing it for a while. Uh, these things are awesome. And check it out. I have Wheeljack's Energon. So he takes... A uh, little vial of Wheeljack's Energon and the Predacon. They don't call him Predaking yet, but Kurtzman was right. It is Predaking. Yeah. It, like, examines it and gets a signal from it, I guess, and then yep. flies. Guess that's enough to go on. Yeah, yeah, flies off and commercial break. I'm going to go get another cup of coffee. <laughs> and uh, when we come back, Bulkhead, Wheeljack, and Miko, they're on a cliff overlooking a Decepticon mine. And they're <laughs> much like with coffee, they're going to blow it up and... <laughs> Any Autobots nearby will know it must be them because it's going to be a big explosion, right? Energon yeah. Thing, so, and, uh, but I'm thinking, but any Decepticons in range are going to know this too, right? I know. Yeah. To be fair, it's the Wreckers. They don't really plan things out. They just wreck. But um, they go in and, uh, oh no, before they do that, we go to Raft Bumblebee and Ratchet and they're getting the Harbinger's ground bridge working again. Um, they get it up and running, but... They still don't know where all uh, the other Autobots are. Yeah, Ratchet's like, even if we get this thing going, it's it's a paperweight until we know where they are. So Bumblebee suggests something, and I guess he asks, why don't we just use the Harbinger's computer to track down the Autobots? And Ratchet's like, if it were that, if, if that were even a thing, the Decepticons would have tracked us down ages ago. So it's no point in even trying that. But then he gets an idea. He says, well, what if we actually use the Decepticon frequencies and jig them around, and then we use those to establish Autobot communications? Because yeah. apparently, this he assumes the Decepticons won't be checking their own signals for Autobot signals. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, then we go to uh, RC talking to Ultra Magnus. Yeah, and Jack's there too. And she asks Ultra Magnus, okay, how'd you find your way to Earth? And then he's all like insisting on military protocol. He's a bit and much. Jack's like, uh, who is this guy? And RC is like, well, he's kind of the second in command of the Autobots. He was Prime's first lieutenant. And uh, 
he's totally lawful neutral by the book, so stand up straight, stop slouching. Yeah. <laughs> and it's worth noting, at least to me, that Ultra Magnus is voiced by Michael Ironside. The the caliber of voice actors for somebody who loves schlock film <laughs> has been unbelievable for this series. Dear listener, if you don't know who Michael Ironside is, you, you go watch Total Recall, you go watch uh, Scanners or Starship Troopers, or if you're a fan of the schlock corny gore that i am go watch turbo kid it's an incredibly fun movie and michael ironside's the bad guy he's usually the bad guy this time he's the good guy ultra magnus tells him he followed the beam from the omega lock and he discovered that uh, this planet earth had been invaded by decepticons and uh rc just happened to be the closest autobot he could detect but jack points out that um because he says uh, it was the closest of the signals i detected and he's like oh signals as in plural and magnus just keeps looking at him and jack's like uh Sir. <laughs> I know. What a dick. It's like, hey, I, I, I get it, Magnus, you're by the book, but I don't, as a civilian, I don't call military generals sir. Yeah. In fact, as servants of the military, they're technically subservient to me. So Jack shouldn't happen to call you sir. It's like when a police officer pulls you over, they call exactly. you sir, right? <laughs> but Magnus only picked up five signals and Jack's like, shit, out of a possible seven. And RC says, hey, don't worry. You know, who knows what that means? But yeah, it just means th- they're shielded from detection. It could mean anything. Like, all hope is not lost. And speaking of one of those Autobots he couldn't pick up, Smokescreen uh, phases out of the ground right at the base yeah. of Dark Mount. He's he's being all shubanackety Sam, popping in and out of the ground. And he thinks it's going to be a long day searching that entire tower. But then he thinks, well, what if Megatron still keeps all the valuables on the ship and he just kind of looks over towards the nemesis yeah and with grady's gets into the nemesis it's like we have a couple shots him zipping through dark mountain and bing he's on the nemesis and he ends up in the hallway and hears smoke screen uh no star screen jesus christ star screen coming so he hides in the wall again and over here star screen complained to knockout about how shockwave just wants to usurp him and they hate each other and uh smoke screen Starts backing away from this wall, like, even though, like, they, they can't see him, man. Just stand still. You'll be fine. But he goes back through another wall and then phases into another room. And when he turns around, he is face to face with Arachnid. And here we are at another mini episode of the podcast within a podcast. It's the Smoke Screen Sucks podcast. Why does Smoke Screen suck this episode? Because despite being a great warrior who is tasked with protecting Alpha Trion, he backs up through a series of walls while phasing and not looking at what he's backing into. Even though there are no enemies about, which he doesn't really know, he still backs into Arachnid. And that's because Smoke Screen Sucks. And this has been an episode of the podcast within a podcast. Smoke Screen Sucks. Thanks for listening. and But he's actually inside the stasis pod with her. Like, shouldn't that be doing something like... I was going to say the same thing. him a little bit in stasis or letting the air out through... I don't know. But yeah, he freaks out, falls back out of the thing, and then, then he's all like, you don't scare me. <laughs> Ugly. <laughs> and then he sees the Forge of Solace Prime. Yeah, it's, and, of course, it's in the same room. Yeah, and conveniently. And uh, he, he's really lucky at just walking into the right room. But um, then we go to Bolt bulkhead and wheeljack and they have planted explosives in this mine it's all rigged up yep yeah they book it out and just as they're about to blow the mine they see something approaching them in the air and it's predaking mm, well when it flies against the moon and it's full moon because it always is and it spreads its wings 
breathes fire at them and commercial break. And when we come back, we have one of those cute little moments where Miko, she's like, oh my God, they have, they have dragons now. And Bulkhead and Wheeljack in unison say, what's, what's a, a dragon? dragon? <laughs> she explains what it is. And then um, they jump out of the way of this it's fire like, That's blast. a dragon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wheeljack fires at Predaking. Like they get into a fight. Predaking lands. Wheeljack fires at him and it does nothing. Nope. And then Predaking tail whips him into a boulder. Yeah. And then it walks over to Wheeljack. But then Bulkhead just comes flying in and smashes him one with the wrecking ball. That was great. And the thing just blasts him and he goes flying. Miko comes running over to him and Buckhead's still on fire. <laughs> He's like, stay back. I might still be hot to the touch. And they expect uh, Predaking to attack them, but it doesn't. It's no. focused on Wheeljack, which I like. It's it's basically an attack dog. And One I keep thing saying, at a time, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it, it seems fairly genderless, but uh, it's looking around for Wheeljack and then Wheeljack is like, hey, dipshit, how about this? And apparently had slipped a grenade underneath him because Wheeljack's really quiet mm. and he blows up Predaking. Uh, blows up the grenade. doesn't do a damn thing. And then yeah. Bulkhead's like, all right, we're going to need more firepower. And I knew this was going to happen. It didn't end the way I thought it was going to thankfully but yeah wheeljack runs back into the tunnel that has all the bombs in it and he just runs past all the decepticon miners inside and they're like oh autobots and then the dragon comes right behind them and then the vehicons are running with wheeljack to get away from this fucking thing because i don't know what it is right and wheeljack drives out of the mine he escapes and they blow it up he hits the button on his little remote the thing explodes in a giant blue column of flame and energon mm-hmm. And of course, somehow Miko isn't deaf or crushed by rocks. I think we've we agree like an episode three of this show. Miko is invincible. Oh, yeah. But uh, all of that cave in happens and rocks collapse. And then uh, Steve, I guess, is Steve out a hundred bucks? I don't know. We fucked the time stream up, so I don't know how that works anymore. (laughs) But Predaking bursts out of the rock. That did nothing to him either. (laughs) Yeah. And Miko's like, it isn't even dented. Oh, shit. What are we going to do now? No, she doesn't (laughs) actually say that. But uh, but then Ultra Magnus. It would be great if they worked that in. (laughs) Yeah. Then Ultra Magnus' ship just flies in and blasts it. And uh, Bulkhead's like, hey, it's one of ours. And Wheeljack's like, man, does it matter? <laughs> yeah. So they start running, Predaking's on their tail, and then Ultra Magnus's ship comes, like, cruises in, lowers just in front of them, and it drops a Samus lift. That's like, what I call straight it. Straight out go. of Beast Wars. Yep. And they jump on and get carried up into the ship. Yep. And RC and Jack are waiting for them, and Miko runs and hugs them, and he's like, can't breathe and then she lets go but then she punches him in the stomach and calls him a weakling that was cute it was she's as far as miko expressing uh compassion that that was pretty much on point for her yeah. so they have their you know meet up again rc bulkhead and wheeljack and then rc says hey don't thank me thank this guy and they go to ultra magnus and wheeljack is like oh this fucking asshole and bulkhead says it's an honor and magnus goes it's an honor <laughs> sir yeah because <laughs> i'm a tight ass prick <laughs> and rc asks all right yeah anyway what is this thing chasing us and miko says it's a robotic dragon and jack says or maybe it's a cybertronian reptile and magnus kind of doesn't give a shit what it is he just goes into a big dog fight he can't shake predaking for quite a while but he avoids his his uh fire fire blast laser blast fusion whatever it is he's breathing at them it's stronger than just fire but eventually he finally does manage to get in behind it and he blasts it in the ass with the ship's guns but then it goes into a cloud and when they catch up it's facing them and it manages to land a shot on one of magnus's engines yeah so they start trying to fly away again but now predaking jumps on top and like Mm. mounts the top of the ship commercial break magnus i I guess detects a canyon below them you kind of see it on his screen and he drops the ship and then he just starts slamming the dragon against the canyon walls and then she shows 
shot of Miko and looks like she's about to puke. <laughs> and then he just flies the ship straight up the canyon wall, flips it over, and just slams the dragon. I have it written down as the dragon. Predaking face first into a rock. It's yeah. Like, smack. Which <laughs> knocks Predaking down on the ground, and another avalanche slash cave happens on top of him. The Autobots fly off, but Predaking bursts out of the rock. Meanwhile, it's the next morning, or it's in a part of the United States where it's sunny when it's nighttime somewhere else in the United States. It's the military base, and uh, the phone rings. Paul, Paul, you didn't know that the that America spans 23 time zones? That's totally logical. <laughs> so it's the military base, phone rings, Fowler puts it on speaker, and he's like, what is it now, Lord Megatron? <laughs> but no, it's it's not Megatron, it's Ratchet. And he says, hey, everything's fine. I'm, you explains, hey, I'm using Decepticon frequencies because I'm hoping they won't search yeah, them as this well. this is a big risk. Yeah, uh, but I'm sending you our location. Here's our location. Oh, and also, I gotta go, and just hangs up on them because Bumblebee saw something. Yeah, but what did he send the location to? Like, the, the desk it just, phone? It came up like, Morse yeah, code anyway, tones. Yeah, Bumblebee's like... Boop, boop. Tugging on Ratchet's sleeve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bumblebee tugs on uh, Fowler, or Fowler, Ratchet's sleeve. They run outside just in time to see Alter Magnus' ship land. Yep, and Ratchet recognizes the ship as one of theirs. It lands, and the kids and Autobots come down the Samus elevator. Miko runs and hugs Raph, but she doesn't punch him. So She, you know, she doesn't that. punch Raph because she doesn't like him as much as she likes Jack. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, they, Ratchet sees Ultra Magnus, and I knew this was going to happen. Ultra Magnus is like, Doctor? Like, with this this air of respect. It's like, okay, at least there's that. He's not going to be a dick to Ratchet. Yeah, they get, they get along. Uh, we go then to Starscream, and he's gloating that Predaking failed. He's like, <laughs> yeah, it's so too bad he doesn't what? talk, because now he can't even tell us me. And Predaking just looks at Starscream with this visceral hatred in his face. And back with the Autobots, Bulkhead likes Bumblebee's new paint job. He's like, yeah, it looks good, buddy. And then Arcee's like, well, if I, it's a good thing I didn't do that, otherwise I'd be pink yeah (laughs) (laughs) so ratchet brings everybody up to speed he's like yeah we got a ground bridge but we're rough on the communications and then miko says some smart ass line about hey we could have used a ground bridge when we had a dragon and magnus right away asks ratchet are all the uh, native inhabitants of this planet so disrespectful to authority (laughs) Ratchet's like no 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 Mostly just her. Yeah, that's <laughs> just, just Miko. Miko. <laughs> yeah. So um, then uh, a jet starts coming in. I thought, I don't know why I didn't go, oh, yeah, it's Fowler, because it's Fowler. But I thought for a minute, holy shit, is Dreadwing coming to join their cause? That's what I had down here. It's like, uh, and then I remembered, Skyquake and Dreadwing, this is what they, this is the vehicle they scanned yeah. to get their vehicle modes. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. But Magnus doesn't know that. He just about shoots Fowler down. Everybody else is like, no, 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 no. And Fowler lands. But he's cool. He's cool. June gets out of the jet. <laughs> And runs up and with tears in her eyes and crying, she hugs Jack. And that was that was the emotional moment I needed in this episode. It it melted my cold, cold, dead heart. But I did think it'd be funny if she if this time she's like, all right, you're grounded till you're 50 this time. <laughs> Remember that time she said you're grounded yeah. till you're 30? Okay, 25, yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh, but then she does say to, she gives, uh, obviously gives Raph and Miko a hug and says, hey, your families are safe. They've been moved. Fowler got them out. Don't worry about them. And uh, RC's like, well, this is everybody Ultra Magnus could detect. So Smokescreen and Optimus aren't here. Who knows what happened to them? And Ratchet's like, well, Smokescreen he bridged out all on his own. Like he had no human or a partner with him and Optimus stayed behind to destroy the ground bridge after everybody left. Yeah. And Fowler says, look, we hung around. We didn't see anybody get out. Optimus HQ was blown to rubble. And even if prime did get out, we don't have the time to go looking for him. Uh, cause we have Megatron on our asses. Yep. And Magnus steps forward and he says, yeah, I agree with uh, the earthling or whatever he calls Fowler. Like uh, 
we need to stop Megatron with or without Prime. And speaking of Prime, we go back to him because Smokescreen drags the Forge of Solus Prime back into their little cavern. It's as big as him. Yeah, I know. Expects Optimus to just like, even though Optimus can't sit up, he expects yes. him to repair himself. Pick up this hammer that's as big as me and start banging on your knees or whatever with it. And, but Prime's like, look, that's not why I sent you out to get that thing. It doesn't have infinite power, right? We can't use this thing forever. And it's pretty much running on fumes at this point. And what I want you to use it for is to rebuild the Omega Lock so you can restore Cybertron. And then we go back to Ultra Magnus. He takes control. He announces, hey, I'm taking control of the team. Ratchet backs him up. Wheeljack's not too crazy about it. He calls him shoulder pads. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, then he takes them um, into his ship and he's like, hey, I got something for you guys. And opens a wall and there is, it's a wall of yeah. weapons. It's like at the first to Saints Row uh, 4. Yeah, 4. We're... He opens the thing. It's like all the guns are on the walls in the in the Oval Office. It's like every spy movie Pretty when they much. open the door and they're like, "Here's your armory, sir." Um, and at this point, Wheeljack's like, "Okay, now you're speaking my language, sir." He he adds the sir at the end of it. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And back with Optimus, Smokescreen reminds him like, "Only you, only a Prime can use the Forge of Souls Prime. I can't lift this thing up to fix you." And Optimus tells him. Uh, there'll be a new prime soon and uh, the time for a new leader is upon us and not only will there be a new prime but i believe that prime is standing right in front of me because i'm an idiot so now they have a dragon fine like i said before i hope they sent michael Crichton a check anyway they show the thing a jar of wheeljack's energon and somehow that's enough to track wheeljack down let's not worry about the details of how that works but this is just like war of the dinobots when the autobots send swoop and snarl off without giving them any instructions whatsoever like here's what you're after off you go at, at no point did they tell the thing what to do with Wheeljack once it found him, but I guess when you're a dragon, it's pretty much just assumed that your masters want you to breathe fire on things. Anyway, the thing ultimately fails and comes home with its tail between its legs, and it, isn't it a damn shame there's absolutely no possible way they can ever find out what actually happened because the thing can't talk. So how would they know if it had been successful? Maybe it did kill Wheeljack, but oh man, it was a hell of a battle to finally take him out, and that's why it's back home in such a bad state of repair. But they'll never know, because it can't talk. Well, how about a cortical psychic patch? Presumably the thing has a memory. It remembered where Darkmount was to get home. Anyway, here's an idea for the next time you send this thing out, Megatron. Send somebody with it. Strap a camera to its head. Put a saddle on its back. Seriously, you have a bajillion vehicons on the payroll. Why do you insist on always sending them Here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show. The next episode we're going to review is Rebellion. If you want to see something you should probably rebel against, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at John Sobey. Paul is at McPherson one Yeah, and Shubanackity Sam is on there too. No, really, you can look that up. And uh, make sure you rate and review us in your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, and tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. You can tell them that they can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com. And until the next episode, keep on transforming. See you later. Sir.